Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. I made up my mind, I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, March 10th. It's March, dude, it's March. It's kicked off, it's March Madness. I know it's been March now for 10 days. We've had, I think, two episodes inside of March. But conference tournaments... Um, there's already been some wild high school basketball endings. It is, it's March, and apparently it's also the season for vasectomies, according to the NCAA. There could be some confusion there, so I just want to clarify for, for everyone that's watching that, that it is March Madness. It's basketball season, not vasectomy season. Kids are still on the is that, table. Is that real? Yeah, I, I was going to get into it in my stupidity. They're suing somebody over... A trademark, something about March vasectomies. I don't remember. Something. Hold hmm, on. I can pull nice. It yeah, so you just want to clear that up for everyone that that is not the case. Um, you know, that it is just basketball season. Um, it's just that that's it. It's that. It's that simple. If a man wants to get a snip, he should be able to get a snip. Uh, yes, in any <laughs> any month, um, really. Yeah, not just March. It doesn't have to right. be March. Uh, so there, it's it's uh, the trademark they're suing is um, vasectomy mayhem. Apparently that can cause some confusion to basketball With March fans. Madness? Uh, I don't know. That's what the NCAA is alleging. It's very confusing to me. I it's close. <laughs> it is. Mayhem, March, <laughs> Madness, basketball, vasectomy. It's all the same thing. Ball, there's balls involved in both. Um, but, yeah, That's it's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, you know, for, for everyone in the state of Tennessee, um, I mean, even out of the state of Tennessee, you may have seen it, but uh, did you see the uh, North Green girls game winner tonight or today? I did. I did. Just a absolute confident three. Drop ice, baby. Ice. Yes. Ice in her veins. I don't know. I can't remember the girl's name. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd credit her uh, correctly, but uh, I don't have that information. But it was a uh, great way to win it their first game in Murfreesboro. This week, girl ba- girls' basketball tournament started. The boys will start tomorrow, I think. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, it, there's a lot of basketball to watch. Obviously, we got the conference tournaments. Landon's watching – you watching the Xavier Butler ending? I am, yeah. There's a minute 38 left. Okay. It's an overtime. All right, so still some time. Tie, tie, tie game. Yeah, Notre Dame had an exciting ending last night. It's just college basketball is – I think college basketball is a, a really kind of unique – like, it, because, like, I argue with this about somebody. Like, yeah, the NBA product – like, the overall basketball in the NBA is, is a lot better. Like, I mean, when you're talking about skill. But, like, there's just something about college basketball that is very, very intriguing that makes it, to me, more entertaining than NBA basketball. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think it's probably – I think for a lot of people, especially in the South, um, in SEC country, I should say, 
I think like that's kind of similar with college football. Yes, of course the NFL's got more talent and it's just a better product. But there's just something about SEC football that draws you in. Um, it just means more. It just means more, yeah. It just means more. Um, just got a question because we are going to talk about the SEC basketball tournament that's started. Uh, it's going on right now. Probably got to halftime by now by the time I click go on the, the podcast here. A&M and uh, Vanderbilt playing right now in the first round. Uh, A&M struggling. Vanderbilt um, – Looking better than AM. I don't know about good. Good's a stretch. Of course, you know, Scotty Pippen Jr. does look good. Um, we had a question, though, asked about who do we think Tennessee will play in their first game. Right now it'll be the winner of Vanderbilt and A&M playing Florida, and the winner of that game will play Tennessee. I, I think it's Florida. I think Tennessee and Florida play a rematch in the first round. Yeah, I do too. The game that will decide the series. <laughs> yeah, officially, yeah. It'll wrap <laughs> it up. One and one. Uh, so that game, that game will tell the, the who's the best of the two teams. Uh, we will talk about the SEC tournament. We'll even talk uh, some about the NCAA tournament as uh, with the lower um, conferences finishing up this weekend, this past weekend, uh, this early this week. Uh, you've got the automatic bid. Some teams already in. Um, hey, Gonzaga almost had their season ended. What I mean, obviously they were going to get a bid, but how <laughs> funny would that have been? Because um, technically. Yeah, because they, they wouldn't have gotten the automatic. Yeah, they don't deserve one. After <laughs> that performance, they still don't deserve one. <laughs> I'm pissed that they came back because Baylor was like plus 250 when they were up by 10. I was like, that feels like I got to put something on it. Woke up. BYU? Or BYU. Who did I say? Baylor? BYU. Yeah, yeah sorry. That, that could be the national championship. Though. It could be. Yeah, it certainly could. I mean, that's the, like, I guess probably if the computers uh, did it, that, that would be your national championship. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that since uh, conference tournaments either wrapping up or starting, depending on which conference you're talking about. Uh, what we're also going to talk about before that, Tennessee uh, got to hear about from the defensive staff this week. I want to ask you, I don't remember, because I was thinking about this as I was listening to it, because it's already happened with the offensive staff. Is this a normal thing at schools? Did Tennessee do this with Jeremy Pruitt's crew? I don't really remember. So much has happened between that time. <laughs> like, we literally aged five years in 2020. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember what was that, eight years ago then? Right, correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I don't – I was trying to think. I was like, I just don't remember. I mean, obviously you hear from, like, coordinators uh, throughout the season and stuff, and especially, like, usually, like, before spring ball or before the season starts, you hear from them. Um, but I don't remember hearing, like, questions being asked to – each position coach. I thought that was unique. I thought it was cool to hear from him. Um, one shocked me. I'll get into that as we, as we start. Just like the demeanor of one kind of threw me off. So we'll talk about that. Um, then we're going to also talk a little bit about position groups uh, for this Tennessee football team as they're going to start spring ball uh, soon. Um, be coming up. And then uh, we'll get into some baseball. Dropped a very, 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 very not so good game to Charlotte on Tuesday night. Um they get a chance. Ugly. Very ugly. They get a chance to bounce back this weekend, though. That's the good news. Is uh, there's another there's another game. If you got questions, drop them in the chat. We've already got one, or we've already answered one. Thanks, thanks, of all, Mike. Um, he also said Gonzaga is losing in the Sweet 16, calling it. I mean, I'm not willing to say that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'll pick the field. <laughs> over yeah, that's fair. Gonzaga. Yeah, I just don't think. I think them like playing their conference like kills them going into a turn yeah i mean i think probably i mean my argument is like especially again in college basketball where i said it's kind of a unique situation you know kind of a unique uh league and sport 
Um, yeah, I think conference it definitely hurts you or can hurt you. I shouldn't say does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like there's also uh, knowing how to win that also can help you a lot too. And obviously, they've done a lot of winning, a ton of winning. Yeah, and, and they were they were in the national championship not too long ago. So yeah, maybe it doesn't have a huge effect, but. I'm going to go with the field. Uh, I'm not picking Gonzaga because I, I think I've bet on them twice and they haven't covered each time. So I'm, I'm not going to go with go. them. Yeah, yeah. You also were probably like fighting 18 point spreads or something like that. They've had some insane yeah. spreads. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we've got also our segments, but yeah, if you got questions, drop them in, tell us where you're listening from. Also go check out our sponsors, Tennessee tap house, hound dogs and blue water climate control. Um, also go check out our network volunteer road show. They do a great job of letting us use this platform for talking Tennessee sports, the good and the bad. Um, sometimes it's a little more than the other, but, uh, we're here. We're here. Hey, look at this Coke. I have, it's a tiny Coke. I feel like Andre the giant. Like, I feel like this is what he looks like drinking a beer. (laughs) Probably is. It's tiny. I don't like it. I prefer normal size Cokes. It's uh, the opposite of the um, the Whopper hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not not on a diet though either. For those of you that I'm sure are asking right now. Uh, so this defensive staff. Let's uh, let's talk. You know, you get to hear from them. Um, I mean, I'm sure the most notable one that people are, uh, I guess, like really wanted to hear from was uh, Tim Banks, the defensive coordinator. Um, don't really think he got a ton more time than anybody else. <laughs> I think they were all pretty much given about the, about the same. I didn't time it. Uh, it just kind of felt, felt, felt very, uh, equitable there. Um, mm. yeah. And I, yeah, I guess we'll start with, with him. Um, like thoughts on him, anything that, uh, piqued your interest, anything concerned you maybe, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, him and Brian, Jean Mary addressed their ass about Henry Toto and Kavaris mm-hmm. Crouch, and, and they did kind of address that, basically saying we're focusing on the guys here. You know, they're not currently with us, so we're not – they're great players. If they're here, great. If they're not, you know, it is what it is. We got to focus on the guys here. So, that, I mean, that that was like a team news kind of thing that, that kind of stood out to me. I do think um, Tim Banks is – he seems like cool and collected. Um, he seems very sharp, very intelligent. Um, and, and not to say that – Derek Ansley wasn't, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I, I just, I just feel like he, he knows football. He knows what he's talking about. Will he be successful? That's to be determined. Um, but from his press conference, you know, I, I think he's a, a, a sharp guy and um, I, I'm excited to see where his defense kind of lands with this high powered offense that Tennessee's not really had um, mm-hmm. in the past. You, you know, Willie Martinez kind of mentioned you know, you, going against this in practice, um, it's quick, and it, you don't have a ton of time to think. So when the game gets here, you actually have more time. The game's kind of slowed down for you. Um, so maybe that's an advantage for Tennessee. I don't know. I, I just think that um, it, it's going to be different, and hopefully it, it works. Yeah, and, and one thing I guess if we're going to talk about, like, concerning, um, leaving that press conference, I, I don't know, um, I guess is what you'd call it. What like could you confidently tell me like where, what Tim Banks would define as his defensive identity, um, like his you know his unit's identity his, and and that's my and I'm not again I'm not I was I'm about to go into it with um with another coach because I said one one's demeanor kind of shocked me, 
I'm never going to – first off, no coach is ever going to win, like, win a press conference. That just never happens. Um, But, I mean, if we're going to, like, talk about things, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't – I didn't feel like I got anything out of Tim Banks' press conference, like, you know, out of his questions. That's my only – if we're going to start, like, nitpicking, which I guess if we're talking about press conferences, we already are. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, I think it's a good thing to hear any coach. I mean, it's – Josh Heupel did, you know, he knows the identity of his offense, but he's also, hey, we're going to do what work, like what works for our guys, like what our guys can do successfully. And that was Tim Banks' message because that was the question about what's your de- defense going to look like, um, you know, what's your, what's your defensive front. He was asked – Rodney Garner was definitely asked about his defensive, the defensive front because he was the defensive line coach. I believe Tim Banks was too. And it was kind of like uh, multiple, which is fine. Um but it's, there's just never, like, a real identity established of, like – and it's kind of hard, too, for a defense. defense. Uh, and Willie Martinez actually even sp- spoke into the identity. But um, defense, you like to think, and I know it's changed over the years, like, you're, good defenses are on the attack. Good mm-hmm. defenses are making the offenses react. And, and like, could, I mean, could you confidently say that? And I know the game's kind of changed over the you know past few years. Um, but it's just like, oh, I don't know. If I'm going to nitpick, I'm just like, ah, curious to see. This is his first – it's his first lone defensive coordinator job. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just curious to see what – how he calls a game. Yeah, um, going back to, like, the defensive identity, I think he kind of mentioned that, like, it's – they want to see who, what they what they have first. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to play for. Oh my gosh, Butler just won! Damn it, college that basketball, stings. baby. That stings. Hey, last show I won ninety dollars, so it seems right to lose twenty on this one. You giving you take. It is what it is. Um, yeah, going back to that, like it doesn't make sense to play four linebackers. Yeah if you don't have four linebackers to, to put on the field. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to know where he stands on it. But then again, like, yeah, you have to see what you got first. Um, yeah. You know, if Henry Toto and Kavaris Crouch come back, that's that's two more guys that you didn't think you were going to have. So, you know, that could really help maybe running a, a different set of defense. Yeah, and, and it should it should at least like somewhat, I maybe even want to say most – it should rely, it should rely on what you what you have on your roster because like you said if you don't if you don't got it like you're never you're not going to magically find four four linebackers if you only have two right. they're not just going to yeah. pop up um, but I mean in terms of like how he's going to call play, you know I'm just curious to see and I'm not I'm not throwing Tim Banks out the you know off the bus after a press conference like I'm not I'm just saying I, I'm curious like I it. I would, I would maybe say, uh, which maybe for all of them, if we're gonna say this, uh, maybe left with uh, more questions than I arrived with. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, it's just definitely gonna be interesting to see this defensive identity. Uh, I also love. I'd like to note. Um, shout out to all the reporters, especially the ones who had the two part questions that the questions had nothing to do with each other. They just wanted to ask two questions. I loved that. We we had a couple of those in the press conference, and I thought they were awesome. I'm not bashing you. I would do the same thing. I love it. I just like I love uh, this question's got two parts. Um, what are you going to run a multiple front? And 
what about Kavarius Crouch and uh, and Henry Toto? I'm like, uh, the one is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, one was like, what do you like about um, your outside linebackers? And can you elaborate on the story of you getting in a fight with Jeremy Pruitt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I loved it. Uh, I, I love the – I'm going to drop two questions in here because I've got the mic. So. Yeah. It was awesome. My hand, my hand function is raised on <laughs> yeah. Zoom. And I'm ready to go. Exactly. So I did love that one. Um, or that ha- that happened. There, there were a couple that were actually, you know, uh, similar to each other. That you could have, you could have ran off of them. But yeah, they were good. Um, I, I don't know the, I can't remember the exact word of their press conference. Uh, so I apologize if I'm, uh, if I'm going, going off script. I, I don't know who you want to speak about next or. Who's on your mind? But Rodney Garner, uh, since I guess he was, um, you know, the most uh, sought after, at least for Tennessee fans, uh, since Kevin Steele arrived. <laughs> so before Josh Heupel. Um But I mean, Rodney Garner, I mean, I thought it was interesting how he talked about the defensive uh, defensive line, talking about like how defenses changed in the league and just kind of what they look for um, in those what they're going to look for recruiting and what they're going to look for with the guys they have on the roster. I found it interesting just talking about body types and, um, and Willie Martinez even talked about this a little bit, but like how they've got to play with their personnel because you're not rotating a ton of guys on and off the field. Like you used to be able to, it's so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. looking for those third down guys, but the, those guys got to be able to play second, sometimes first down as well. Um, so just things they're looking for there. And I think, you know, Rodney Garner is going to have a tough job, I'd say, of all the defensive coaches um, currently, like this the first year. Yeah. Um, I liked what he said about the three things that never lie, and that's the, the Bible, the mirror, and the film. Because that's true. Any, anything yeah. that, like, you're not going to get away with it come, come film, film session. You might get away with it in the game. Um, but when, when they slow it down and rewind it back 85 times for one play, you know, it, it it's going to show up on there. So, um, holding guys accountable. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta ask him though. I doesn't the mirror kind of lie to you a little bit because it's a, it's not the act. It's one of those like mind blown things, you know, when you, you're reading late at night, you run across a post. It's like mind blown. You've never seen yourself in real life. You've only seen a mirror image and a picture or video of you. You've never actually seen you. Like your face. Weird thought, isn't it? This is a weird thought. So in the mirror kind of like lying to you in a way? It's well, not I was thinking really more of you. like the the ones that can make you like skinny or fat. That, yeah, those mirrors also lie. That's a good point too. Um, mm-hmm. mine, I think I've got a fat mirror in my bathroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've also got the this video camera has put a large pimple on my, my nose. So that's, uh, I hope it's lying too. <laughs> I just get uglier every time, so <laughs> maybe I just got an ugly mirror. Yeah, yeah, those those exist. I think I've heard. <laughs> it's straight up line. Um, but yeah, and then he mentioned like this is his ministry. Um, you know, he, he talked about, and I think this previous staff talked about like grooming guys to like be great men as well, like. Student athletes, yes, great on the field, yes. Um, but they want he, he talked about like getting a man, getting a young man from from these families and then giving one back when they're done. Um so I mean I, I like that. I think Rodney Garner kinda his track record speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he's put tons of guys in the in the NFL. You know, more recently, Derek Brown was a top five pick as a defensive lineman, and that doesn't happen very often to, or maybe not a top right. I think a top 10 pick um but still like a really good uh defensive line coach this whole st- defensive staff you don't really have um you know it's not a staff that just wows you um but Rodney Garner is definitely the the home run hire in this entire staff mm-hmm. um it's not Josh Heupel's or it's not anybody else you know a lot of those guys are kind of wait and see but right. Rodney Garner like any defensive coordinator that was going to get hired you know he was hired before tim banks was here so tim banks didn't even actually hire him but his track record like i said speaks for itself any defensive coordinator would be happy to have rodney garner on their staff yeah uh, i yeah that's 100 percent true like i said tennessee fans wanted him regardless of, of who that defensive coordinator or even head coach was going to be um yeah i mean i think and ronnie another you know great positive about rodney garner and a couple guys on the staff um, is the SEC experience, and um, and I, I don't. It definitely you know helps in in games, but you know that's a lot of where I think it really helps a lot too is uh, recruiting on the road. You know you know the the environment, you know uh, the guys you've got to go out and get. Um, you know what that looks like. I think it. I think having SEC experience on the recruiting trail um, is probably bigger than having it on on the you know on your coaching. I mean, those things go hand in hand, obviously. Um, but you know, having a, having a guy like Rodney Garner, a guy like Willie Martinez on your defensive staff, guys that know it. Um, and even Tim Banks, I mean, no, I'm not, you know, saying the big Ten's better, worse, whatever to, to the sec it's, but it's big time football too. So, I mean, I, it definitely pays off having these guys that, that know what it takes to win at a high level. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned with, Josh Heupel, you know, he checks a lot of boxes, even though, like, that isn't your first hire. Or that's not the guy, you like, you thought we would go after or even wanted. But, you know, when you look at his track record and everything like that, his resume, it, it checks a lot of boxes. And that's the same with this staff. It's guys with Power 5 experience, guys with SEC experience, guys that have worked together on, on previous staffs, guys that have been at Tennessee um, then you have the one home run higher, I think, and, and Rodney Garner. So, yeah, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, we do have some questions. Alan Gilreath said, do you think they're coming back? Um, that's referring to Kavaris Crouch and Henry Toto. I'm going to go with no. Um, I, I think the the fact that Kavaris Crouch is here working out with the team and he's no longer here anymore, I think that's kind of out of the question. I think the same with Henry Toto, the fact that his dad came out and said, going to Tennessee was a mistake. I just have a hard time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He told my good friend up in Northeast Tennessee that that wasn't true. He never said that. Was it rush probes? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, I'm with you. I I think the way that it was said at the press conference today, that gives me like a little bit of hope that they return. Um, And I mean, that'd be big for the linebacking group and the defense as a whole, but I, I would be willing to say no. (laughs) <laughs> no. yeah i mean if they're if they like really want to be here they would be here yeah exactly uh we also had a question from chris shout out to chris oh man he said uh interesting question what is the um chances hypo can retain the staff from year to year uh, or likelihood um 
I mean, I hope it's high. Not necessarily because I'm saying this coaching staff is incredible. Like, that's not what I mean by that. But you need some continuity. And, I mean, if Josh Heupel was the next Nick Saban and could get it done with any coach, anytime, anywhere, from any part of the country, um, you know, if he could do that, great. But, that, like, there's no coach proven that they can do that. Um mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, it takes some continuity, some familiarity, some confidence. And you get, I mean, you get that with by keeping the guys here from year to year. So unless Josh Heupel is the next Nick Saban, I really, really hope. Now, chances, the good, I don't know if this is good news, the silver lining of that, there's, I don't think there's a coach on this coaching staff that teams will be knocking down the door to get next year. Maybe Tim Banks, but... That's just I just say maybe Tim Banks because he's been a coordinator at the Power Five level for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with you're not gonna you're not gonna retain everybody every right, single year. Right. It's just it doesn't happen. If you're winning big, that would be a reason to stay, but it's also a reason to guy that guys get promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're not gonna see a ton of. You know, if you're able to hold on to some coordinators for a couple of years, some position coaches, and then kind of refill, um, I think that that says a lot. I think that's more of what you're looking for because mm-hmm. I, I just think a whole staff together for multiple years just doesn't happen unless you're Dallas Sweeney. I mean, it's de- it's definitely rare. Um, no, you're right. It's rare. It's just, like you said, keeping the core group of guys. Can you keep your uh, I mean, which offense coordinator, thankfully for a guy like Josh Heupel, is not as important. Um, but can you keep your coordinators around and, and only, re- you know, you're, you just don't want a revolving door. You don't want to be flipping guys from offense to defense. You don't want to be, like, you want some continuity. Um, so I think it's important. And, and hey, maybe uh, somehow, some way, you get a guy that can just run a program um, pretty much single-handedly. <laughs> and uh, be successful, but I just I know the likelihood of it. Um, everybody should know the likelihood of it. So, and, and the fact that, you know, these guys went from UCF to and followed Heupel to Tennessee, that is a good sign that he, he's able to kind of sell his, his program, his, his thoughts and everything with them to follow them to follow him to another job. Right. Um, so, yeah, maybe you can hang on to some of those guys goalish you know he hasn't been a coordinator at the power five level yet um so i think you should be able to retain him lrb has followed him too so you should be able to hang on to most of that offensive staff for a couple years Mm um you know if if everything's going in the right direction um you know you could see this thing go off the rails like it has been in in the past fire them all yeah (laughs) in the uh Sorry, I stole Mark Nagy's quote. Um, I, I should have. So, uh, quotations, fire them all. Mark Nagy, Caleb Mitchell. Um, <laughs> I can write it for you. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of keep moving down the list again. I don't remember what order this is in, best I can remember. But uh, we also heard from, from Mike Eckler. This is the one that his demeanor shocked me. Uh, the stories, the pictures, the quotes even. I thought this is a guy that would be like, hitting the table over and over, like, you know, like trying to get people around and pumped. Like, you know, he, he's an energy guy mm-hmm. and he just didn't have what felt like a ton of energy. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, again, I'm not mad. I'm just shocked that 
This is, we're talking about a guy who ran a marathon because they had a good practice. He almost got it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Almost <laughs> ran a marathon. A little bit short, shy of a marathon. Um, but, yeah. I, but, hey, uh, there are a couple things I liked about him. Um, a couple things he said that I liked. Uh, I think the biggest one for me was uh, the question about what's what are special teams going to look like in terms of, like, uh, the guys that are going to be on it. Is it going to be the start? Is it going to be, is he going to have access to starters? Is he going to, um, and, and I liked what he said, I, because I think this should be true at, at, uh, at almost any level. Um, you should, especially at SEC, you should have players on your roster that are good enough to play special teams, um, with anybody in the country you shouldn't have to rely on starters. So you should be using that time. Like he said, this is what Mike Eckler said. You're developing guys because he said you can teach, you can kind of teach them little nuances about each position on special teams. So you should be using that to develop guys, but you should also be using it to spell starters. Um, you know, those snaps, I know a couple snaps a game seems invaluable, but when you can get guys off the field for a minute, um, when you can, when you can get guys live game reps, even if it's, three, four times a game, and that's it. One time a game, that's it. That's big. And, um, you know, Tennessee, I think it's been a while since Tennessee's best special teams player has been a non-starter. Yeah, Evan Berry. Well, and I mean, I just mean like even like your best your best gunner or your best tack, you know, like a guy that you notice that always has stood out on special teams. Like I know uh, last year, year before, I mean, you were talking about Juwan Jennings was making some of the best plays on special teams. And that's great. That shows you the passion and the effort that Juwan Jennings has. But it's like, if there's no one beyond Juwan Jennings on this team to even make a play on special teams, the team's not going to be very good. Yeah, and he's he's one of the... I mean, he's slow. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like, he shouldn't yeah. be making the... He shouldn't be down there first and making the tackle. Yeah, that's that's not... What you want, and then, and then uh, another, uh, another. Now that's running all the your offensive plays. You don't want to see that, right? And then I mean another good example um, in 2016, Jalen Reese Maben was one of our better special teams players, and in the first it wasn't game, targeting in the first game of the season gets ejected <laughs> on a special teams play. Now it was not targeting, but I mean special teams plays. I can't believe more ejections don't happen in special teams plays. But I mean that's another like liability factor you have. Um, that, you know, you could see guys get ejected on plays that don't matter. You know, like that anybody on your roster should be able to make a tackle, um, <laughs> you know, on a punt. Uh, it's kind of just like a go out. Like special teams in my eyes, I'm a special teams guy, big special teams guy. Everybody should emphasize special teams. I hate the guy yeah. that never never punts. Um, but, I mean, it's like <laughs> in my eyes, it's like the most just raw form of football. Like you just kind of get to go out and make a play. It's almost rugby. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's chaos. It's madness. It, it is, and that's that's yes. the kind of stories we hear about Mike Eckler. Yeah, his he wasn't like the the fiery just ball of energy in a press conference the other day. Um, maybe that's not his element. You no, know, yeah. it, it it seems like it in the pictures and things we've heard. Yeah, it seems like he is that kind of guy. But yeah, you're right. It, he didn't seem like it. Um, but yeah, maybe that's not his cup of tea. Is I, I, I would rather him be that on the practice field or the living room than the press conference if I had to choose. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't, 
again, I'm not, you're, I don't think I've ever lost a coach in a press conference. I've maybe been like, Hey man, that's really dumb. You shouldn't say that, but I've never lost a coach in a press conference. Um, definitely didn't lose Mike Eckler because of it. Um, he, in fact, he, he got a little excited about the marathon story. He thought, wow, Will's out, pe- out there telling people that, huh? <laughs> and the tattoo. Yeah. He didn't touch on the tattoo, did he? No. <laughs> um, he just kind of smiled. J- just like the Jeremy Pruitt thing. He was just like, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> who, who asked the Jeremy Pruitt question? Who was that? I think it was Blake Tomar. That's a bold. That's just, uh, I love it. It had to be asked, but it's just yeah. so like I didn't want to be the one to ask it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, what could he say? No, like I don't know. Like, even if he didn't do it, could he say no? Because I feel like everyone's just gonna be like, oh, he definitely did it. He he just denied. Well, it. or did he say yes? Because he goes into the fact like, oh, Mark Rick's a great guy. Blah blah. blah. Oh. That so did... like he was protecting Mark Rick. Like that's that's what I got from it. He was defending Mark Rick's honor. Yeah. Well, I hate Mark Rick, so that pisses me off. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, but good Christian man, Mark Rick. He's like, hey, Jeremy, he signs our paycheck. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> the uh, yeah, that was a um, no, that was a great question. I just uh, I, I'm trying to imagine him and Jeremy Pruitt fighting. I I I don't know. It's Jeremy Pruitt was a little bit younger then, maybe, but. Not as heavy, said either. Yeah, he so, was he was a little thinner there. <laughs> yeah, so maybe a better fight. Um, um but I, I do love like his his passion and love for special teams because uh, yeah, that doesn't you don't see that a lot. Um, and he did kind of mention that was a big part of his career, and you know when the the tenth assistant came available in, in college football, you know he saw an opportunity and just went for it. Um, and, and I do like how he he said he gets to coach every player on the team because that's not something you think about. But, yeah, when you talk about um, field goal block, um, field goal unit, you know, you're you're basically getting – you're teaching somebody something. Right. Um, you know, maybe not your starters, but when they're freshmen, yeah, they're probably on that field goal, field goal block, um, punt team or, or something like that, e- even offensive linemen. So, yeah. Getting to coach every play on the team, I didn't really think about that as a special teams coach, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I and I like you said, I loved it. Um, I am a special teams guy through and through. Uh, punters are people too. Um, the uh, yeah, I I love that you talked about that. He's like, I get a chance to coach every player on the field. I love that, and I loved what I just touched on a minute ago. The fact that he's like, on spe- when you're on special teams, you're getting a chance to develop whatever part of the game you want to work on. Like it's not, we're not moving you from running back or from running back to linebacker from wide receiver to corner. Like that's not what's happening when we put you on the field for special teams. Like you're going out there to play football, but then there's nuances and in the play that you're going to, you're going to, they're going to translate. It's football. They're going to translate. So I love that. I thought that was really cool. Um, fact, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just, I've never thought about special teams in that way. I've always known how important it is. I've always, you know, if I've ever talked to like any young football players, it's like you should be dying to get on special teams when you're, if you're yeah, not. It's the easiest way to get on the field. Yeah, it's the easiest way. No one wants to do it. And, um, I mean, if if you're a freshman high school football player and you, just about any team, anywhere, even if they don't play freshman often, if you go out there and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to be on kickoff, 
there's they're not turning down if you if you're not I mean as long as you're not like five two and slow as shit. They're not turning down a lot of people on kickoff. Yeah, get this kid a helmet. Let's yeah, go. Like, you're you're at least gonna get out there on a on a Monday afternoon or something, and and who knows? You you uh, you run hard a couple times. That guy who uh, who uh, misses uh, a lane, which is hard to do, but it'll happen. <laughs> who misses his lane? You might be the next up. Yeah, every every coach wants a, a wedge buster, even though they don't have the wedge anymore. But every coach wants a, a kid crazy mon- enough yeah. to be the wedge buster. You want the mon- you want the mindset, even though the the physical of it isn't there. You want the mindset, <laughs> right? Um, also, I would rather um, somebody's calling me. Um, I would rather run laps with Farmer Fran than Mike Eckler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I, I don't want to run a twenty four mile lap. Uh, with with Mike on the interstate, how does he... <laughs> amazing? It's a, that's guy. a great that's a great Football story. Guy. Um, let's see here, going down the list. Willie Martinez, former Tennessee guy, now Tennessee guy again. VFL, <laughs> VFL. <laughs> uh, obviously, interesting circumstances. I, I like that he uh, seemed like he avoided mentioning his last time in Tennessee. Uh, he knows it ended sour. <laughs> Um, I was, you know, I was pretty impressive with Martinez. Um, he missed a little bit on his, on his two-parter. Uh, didn't really answer the second part of the two-parter. Um, it's too much, it's too much words. Like it, it is like, I even forget like, okay, what did they ask? Yeah. What was the second part of that? Exactly. Uh, but I mean, overall, I thought he was a guy who's like, he knows again, I don't remember really hearing from his last time in Knoxville. So I didn't know like his thoughts. I, you know, I didn't know what he was kind of thinking. And um, so to kind of kind of hear how he, you know, views the, that position group um, and then kind of how he views his I – th- I, th- I think it's interesting that he's he was out recruiting. Uh, see, he mentioned Alante Taylor, Cheyenne LaBruza, um, uh, Danico Slaughter. Like those are some of the – he may have mentioned more, but those are some of the guys he mentioned like having relationships with and um, kind of how in, in this business it can come full circle because especially now with the transfer rule. You could you could miss out on a guy one year and two years later end up with him. Um, you know you could miss out on a guy one year and the next year you could be working at the school he ended up at. So it's just how those You're talking things... about Todd Simpson, <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know it's it's kind of funny. You know he talked about how it comes full circle and just how things work out and um, and I think he kind of touched on this, but I, I think it's uh, also. I got to imagine it's pretty cool for him to see guys like uh, Alante Taylor specifically, who it's like was a freshman all American. It's like, or freshman all see What was he? Yeah. I think he was all, all American on something. Okay. I don't know. So it's like, it's kind of cool. Like if you're Willie Martinez, you're like, I wanted that guy. I had that guy committed. I knew this is who he was going to be or who he was going to be. And then you end up getting to work with him later on. I think that's like a really cool, um, kind of like a, I knew it, knew it. Told, told you so. Yeah. So, um, also he, he was the one that talked the longest. Um, he did. He, he was long winded. Um, so I, I mean, I, when I think about that, I think he's excited to be back at Tennessee. Um, yeah, the first time ended, ended, like you said, sour. Um, but I, I just felt his excitement. He, he already has, like you mentioned that relationship with some of the players, Theo Jackson, uh, Lante okay. Taylor, LaBruza, um, and, and Danico Slaughter. So, I mean, I, I think that gives him a leg up in that room. And, and it was a, a room that desperately 
needed some some work. Um, you know, last season just didn't get it done for whatever reason. And, and he, he was the one that mentioned how going up against this kind of offense in practice, you know, helps you out in the game because it, it's slower. You know, mm-hmm. most of the teams you play are, are going to be um, not as fast-paced. So, um, you know, not, not as much thinking. Maybe it is – Maybe it is the same amount of thinking, but you're not having to – you're having a, a longer time to think about it. Um, Slows it down a little bit for you when you go against it every day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully this that, – that's big for this group. You know, there is some veteran guys in that group. He, he mentioned Alante Taylor, Theo Jackson, Flowers, McCullough. Um, you're going to have to replace um, Bryce Thompson. Um but I mean, there's there's some experience in, in that defensive backfield, and hopefully his relationship, he's just able to kind of hit the ground running with with this group and and see what happens. Right. Yeah. I, I'm. I, I was. You know, I was pretty excited too with the Willie Martinez um, hire. I, I told you I don't. I'm not super crazy about it, but I wanted Jancic, so I got. I had to accept Willie Martinez was going to probably come here if Jancic came here. So I like the Jancic or the Martinez hire. Um, I think, you know, the thing I liked is how he kind of talked about being on the attack uh, with what we do. He, he talked about how we want to make kind of – we want to make the offense have to make decisions based on what we do. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, you know, making them – making them almost think more than more than we do. Um, we're able to kind of – and then he's like, what, what exactly – how exactly did he say it? And this is kind of what I like that he said that Tim Banks never really, you know, articulated was um, – relentless he's like we're gonna be relentless uh and that's kind of what i'm you know when you're searching like when you when you hear identity of defense like those are the buzzwords that you want to hear relentless like feisty like those kind of things and uh i think like that just really kind of landed home and and i'm sure if he's saying it tim banks is saying it too um but you know that's that's kind of the the thing that kind of stuck home with me about what the secondary uh is at least going to try and be next year and that's relentless or who we got next? Brian Jean Mary. I say, the only one I think I left out was Brian Jean Mary, um, which I think his might have been the shortest. <laughs> if Willie Martinez is the longest, um, yeah, he seems like a more reserved kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, honestly, like nothing really crazy stuck out to me. Um, yeah, he was also but, asked about Toto yeah. and Crouch, and he kind of said he kind of said the same thing Tim Banks did, you know, he's focusing on the guys here. He he did talk about um, his time at, at USF under Charlie Strong, having to prepare for an offense like um, UCF w- w- was very difficult and, and one of the most difficult that he's ever faced in, in college football. And that was at a, you know, not a power five level. So, right. But yeah, that was about the only thing that stood out to me. Um you know, he, he did mention the, the middle linebacker needs to be a, a captain of this team. So, uh, you know, if Henry Toto is not back, they're going to need a new captain. Right. So, who's that going to be? I've got to imagine regardless. Uh, I mean, even if Henry Toto comes back, I don't know, like, what the thoughts are. It seems like, I mean, as annoying to me as some of the videos are, um, I'm glad the guys are having fun. That's a key part. But uh, I don't know. It seems like I'm. It seems like they're trying to prove a point. Um, but it seems like the teams, what they're really trying to drive home right now is uh, working together. Um, you know, being one. Um, you know, uh, and, and when you're missing guys that could be there and just don't want to, I don't know how that goes. And that kind of 
goes back into, I doubt they come back because if those guys could be there and they're not, um, if I'm a player on the current team, it, it's, it would be hard for me to look past that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like we kind of mentioned, I think this, the staff, um, checks a lot of boxes. You know, I mentioned the experience at the power five level at, in the sec as well. Um, so we'll see how successful they are to, I, I, like I said, we don't know because, you know, the, the offense brings such a different dynamic um, to the defense. And, you know, if you're just kind of a casual fan, you're just like, what do you mean? They're, they're two totally different things. Well, you know, if, if your offense is scoring at will, you know, that defense is going to be tired. They're going to need to be, um, you know, well-conditioned and things like that to get stops because like um, – some of the coaches mentioned, you know, you're, you're not able to get guys off the field all the time. So, you know, if, if you're constantly going, you're, you're going to need to basically be in soccer conditioned um, if you're scoring that fast. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of boxes. We'll see. That's the biggest thing now is just wait and see. Wait and see. Um, so position, some of these position groups, I know we kind of hit on some of them as we went, um, but some of the ones that I guess, you know, will benefit, could benefit, already have benefited um, from these these coaching changes? Uh, yeah, the first one I have is is Mike Eckler with the outside linebackers. Um, we mentioned special teams, so I won't hit on that. Um, but outside linebackers, I, I think to be a successful defense, um, you have to have guys that can get to the quarterback. And Tennessee saw that earlier in the season but didn't really have it later on. And, uh, you know, I think – if some of these guys are able to hone in on Mike Eckler's energy, his urgency, and, and you know, take that to the practice field and, and really um, kind of build their craft, I, I think this it, it could make it could be like a, a middle of the pack defense to a, a top defense if you're able to add some um, some depth at, at and then some you know build on that talent that's here, you know, Brian Young, um, or Byron Young, Tyler Barron, mm-hmm. Roman Harrison, uh, Morvin Joseph, guys like that um, can really, you know, because it's kind of up for grabs because Kevon Bennett and DeAndre Johnson were kind of your outside mm-hmm. backers last year. So you have two kind of opening spots, and, and we'll see how spring goes to see who kind of emerges there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Uh, mine's probably the defensive back group. I think it's a talented group. Um, just kind of like you, I think you said this, uh, just for whatever reason, it wasn't kind of all there last year. Um, so I think Adam Willie Martinez is big, but Tim Banks also is going to, you know, um, he's going to be a huge asset, uh, to that, uh, secondary. And, um, yeah, I, I would expect the secondary to improve this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to go with Rodney Garner next. You know, I mentioned his track record, but I think this group has a lot of veterans, Matthew Butler, Darrell Middleton, you know, other guys that have played a lot of football at Tennessee. Um, You know, maybe there's not a ton of talent, I guess proven talent. You know, there's some guys that are capable, Mm -hmm. um, but not like all SEC. You know, there's not a Derrick Brown on this roster at at the defensive line. Right. so just having Rodney Garner, a, a guy that, you know, has that track record and can coach, you know, they went basically the whole year with Jeremy Pruitt coaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a head coach, that's just not ideal for a position to, you know, 
the head guy, he's being pulled in all different directions right. all the time. So I think that that was really difficult on them. Um, so I, I think some of these guys has, have potential, um, but we'll see how they're able to um, kind of perform under Rodney Garner. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i excited to see this defensive front. I think especially – some big uglies, man. Yeah. I want some TFLs, some just nasty sacks. Like, I was like, oh, man, gross. Right. I, I do. It's I th- like a quarterback just running into the stomach of a big defensive lineman. I just need some of that in my life. Yeah, I, I think that especially on the outside, there's some really, really talented guys for this defensive front. Um, and then you do have some experience on the inside. Uh, definitely lack. Uh, you're going to have to replace some guys, but do add some experience at least. Um, and then young talent on the outside. I'm, I'm excited for this defensive front. Uh, we'll see how many uh, guys are, have their hand in the ground come yep. September. That's kind of all I got. Um, yeah, I mean, too. Yep. I think, like, inside linebacker, that's going to be determined on who you have. Um, You know, right now, I don't even – Jeremy Banks would, I guess, be a starter (laughs) as of right now. You know, who's there and who's that outside linebacker, too? I I think you got to – you know, some guys will probably bounce around, see what they have. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see where, where where it's at for sure. Oh, man. All right, let's talk some SEC tournament. I'm going to have to – I picked Texas A&M money line. That was dumb. I'm an idiot. They lose? They're going to. They're they're down by eight with like a minute and a half left. I had a parlay that just hit. Oh, nice. Congrats. I mean, I only put a dollar on it, but hey, I won money's 10. Money's money. So. Yeah, money's money. So, yeah. Duke uh, and Minnesota both won. Is North Carolina going to win? I almost took that boost. Um, I was, I, I was. Wait, what was the boost? North Carolina and Duke to both win. Hmm. How much was it? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I, I just, I picked Notre Dame. I put a lot of money on Notre Dame to. Um, I did the boost, took the bait for them to to lead at halftime and win the game, hmm. and uh, lost quite a bit on that. So wait, uh, Notre Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, like the other day. Oh. Not, not today. Okay. Yeah, okay. not today. So, gotcha. if I were to pick North Carolina, Notre Dame would actually show up, so I'm not. I'm going to stay away from that. Fair, fair. It's already jumping. It's already jumping around. The, the, they, it doesn't start for another – it's already started. No, it starts in 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it's already – the line's moving around quite a bit. It's very weird. Uh, I was not brave enough to take either North Carolina or um, Duke to win necessarily, so I stayed away from the boost. I thought about it. But I was like, I just think it, at least I was like, at least one of them's gonna lose. Um, don't know which one mm-hmm. really, but one of them will. So, all right, SEC tournament. So it looks like Vanderbilt will advance to play Florida. Uh, that's tomorrow night. Um, and the first game out of the night, I believe, is Kentucky. Uh, let me pull up the SEC Mississippi tournament. State will play at I guess noon. Yeah, Eastern time. Yeah. So that 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 tips off noon tomorrow. Uh, then Florida, and that's Florida and Vanderbilt after, or A&M, A&M, hey, they, they mount a comeback. Maybe it's going to have to be a late, late comeback from Buzz Williams. Uh, then later that night, Georgia and Missouri, and then South Carolina and Ole Miss. Uh, so, all right, let's just, uh, let's jump through, let's jump through our, the, let's say who's going to be playing in the quarterfinals. 
So Mississippi State, Kentucky, real quick. Um, I'll go Kentucky. I, I think they're they're peaking at the right time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Coach Cal in, in March is, is something that you got to account for. That's exactly. I was gonna say Kentucky in March. I think that matters. Uh, Florida and Vanderbilt. Four Florida. I mean, Florida versus whoever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be Florida. Um. I don't know about Trey Mann. I guess he's back now, because um, it was a migraine. So yeah. I don't. If it if it was actually a migraine, I guess he's back. Um, so yeah, probably Florida. I, I think even without Trey Mann, I'd take Florida over either Vanderbilt or A and M. Yeah, yeah, I, I would too. Uh, then Georgia, Missouri. This is going to be a good matchup. Um, I kind of like Georgia. I think uh, Missouri's the better team, but I think Georgia likes to score. And, you know, I, I don't know if Missouri can keep up with Georgia if they're scoring like like they can. Okay. Uh, I think that's definitely uh, probably could end up being the best game. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Missouri. I, I think Missouri, Bruce's tail is just wagging in the, in the <laughs> shot there. Um, happy, man. Yeah. I think, I think Missouri is, is who I'm going to take there. Um, uh, obviously to be determined, but uh, – I picked him as my dark horse, uh, I guess is what we called it last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to go with them winning that first game. Ole Miss and South Carolina. I'm taking Ole Miss. I'm not. South Carolina is just not a good basketball team. Yeah, they're not. I'm going to go with Devontae Shuler and Ole Miss. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to be a good matchup um, in the quarterfinals with the uh, LSU and Ole Miss. Right. Uh, so we won't pick the next game since we don't know who's playing exactly. Um, but what I, w- I do want to ask you, who who do you have in the final? Hmm. I think Arkansas is there for sure. Okay. I want to say Tennessee, but I'm just not so convinced. bad, don't you? Yeah. Don't um, you? I think Alabama and Arkansas is the easy pick. So yeah, that and that's that. That's what almost makes me want to say Tennessee even more. Is like Alabama. I, I'm with you. I think Arkansas. It's like too obvious. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I don't see. I don't think Georgia Missouri beats Arkansas. Um, I would think if anybody beats Arkansas on that end, it's going to be Ole Miss. But can Ole Miss even get past L? Like I just think I think Arkansas is the easy pick there. Like. And I, think, I, I think Arkansas wins it. I mean, that, yeah, that's I who I'd pick to win it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see anybody on – yeah, probably either side of the bracket honestly beating them, but especially the side they're on currently. Um, and then Alabama's just struggled scoring lately, and that's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 will, I will say this. If Tennessee and Alabama plays, I think Alabama advance. I, I don't think Tennessee beats them. Yeah, I would rather play Alabama than Arkansas or LSU right now. Yeah, and, yeah. Just because LSU, we can't. I don't know why we can't beat them, but we can't. Um, and Arkansas just looks like a really tough team to to knock off. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I I wish I could say Tennessee and Arkansas in the final. Um, I don't want to pick Tennessee and Alabama though. I don't. So I or Alabama and Arkansas. I don't want to pick them either. So. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm just gonna you know go out on a limb. I think I'm gonna say Tennessee and Arkansas just for like just for fun. 
uh, for excitement. Hopefully Tennessee doesn't take on that don't pick us mantra. Pick us. Pick us. Put the, mo- put the money. We're taking Vegas. Pick us. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be awesome if Rick Barnes just came out and he was like money line all, all of March. We're all getting rich. He's like, we're going to turn my $3.4 million or whatever it was contract into money for the – into stimulus for the entire state of Tennessee. Pick us. Mm. <laughs> I think they're plus 500 right now. To win the tournament? Yeah. Wow. I, I think if you put a dollar on Vanderbilt to win it, you win $200. So To win like, the – that's the SEC tournament? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What if I did that right now? Do you think they'd lose to A&M? In the final probably two minutes oh, now. Oh, for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, the game's over. See what they ended up winning by. They won by 11. So that's good. Good job, A&M. Great job, Buzz Williams. Freaking Vanderbilt dick. covered. <laughs> Freaking dick. All right. NCAA tournament favorites. Favorites is... I mean, favorites is like... I mean, it's Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan... Illinois, Illinois. I, I mean, like the obvious. Yeah, those are the obvious. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know past that. Like, I don't know who my team that would. What about Michigan State beating Ohio State, Michigan, and Illinois in the past like week or two weeks? I don't know if I've watched them play. Are they? They're not good, right? Uh, they were terrible yeah, up until like two weeks ago when they just started like knocking people off. This kind of, and again, I think it's because I'm gambling more. This feels like the year Iowa goes out and wins it because they've had so many disappointing losses in the regular season. I'm not touching Iowa. I'm I'm, oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'm just saying this feels like the year. Like this just feels like so many bad losses. Yeah, go win it all. Why not? I mean, I think Gonzaga. I think they have a complete team, mm-hmm. and I think. Baylor has a complete team. I'm going to go Baylor, the favorite. I think they played a um, tough enough schedule where they're able to knock off a, a Gonzaga if given the chance. Okay. Like I'm just that. like, like those Jalen Suggs is really good. Kispert's good. But that Timmy guy, like I've seen him twice, like watching him, and he's just not, not like a it. stud. No. I don't even know if Kispert, like – I don't think he would be the player of the year in the SEC. I don't think he yeah. would. He might be first team, but he wouldn't even be in a conversation for player of the year. Fair. Yeah, fair. So, I mean, Jalen Suggs, he's a, he's a stud. Um, but I, I'm not too convinced on Gonzaga. I mean, I it's hard. Like, I mean, because it's not super impressive to watch him night in, night out. It's way more impressive to watch him in November than it is February. Um, January. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It, they're a really, really good basketball team, and they're going to be a favorite, obviously. But, um, I mean, March is tough for everybody. It's going to be really tough for them when you're when the competition drastically increases. Yeah, it, it kind of Alabama in the same boat as Tennessee is. Like, you could see them losing, like, the second round. You can also see them probably going to the Final Four. I would say, like, for like I would say they're on the spectrum of, well, they're going to be they're going to be playing an easier opponent than Tennessee, um, but I was about to. Say, I mean, they're they're about on the spectrum of. I could see them from a first round exit to a, yeah, final four exit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just about. Um, yeah, and that's what people are laughing. I think it was Jay Billis that said that about Tennessee, and it's like, isn't that the only options? Like, 
I'm like, no, like there's teams that you like know are going to get to the round of 32 or you know they're going to be playing in the Sweet 16. Like there's teams that you know are going to play several times in the NCAA tournament. And then there's some that uh, you know are going to be 100%. Hey, they, hey, it was a fun march. It's fun to be a 12 seed, but yeah, that's it. That's all you had going for you, or a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some teams that you know that like, that's just the case. Uh, and Tennessee is somewhere in between. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what Tennessee is going to look like. I mean, if let's get to them a little bit. Um, since we're kind of, do you have any more favorites? We kind of mentioned. I, dude, I'm so high on Arkansas. I'm so high on Arkansas. I think this is like a to to win the the national. Not necessarily to win the national championship, but like a team that could like if they're in the final four. If you're like, hey, Arkansas is playing in the final four, I would not be shocked at all. I would okay. not be shocked at all. I like um, that. Uh, and I mean, obviously, when you get to the final four, like now you have a chance to win a national championship. But I'm not saying like, yeah, they're going to go out and they're going to make a run in March. But I think they play really, really good basketball. I think they play at a high tempo and a fast pace that makes them very, very dangerous. Um, and a reason that I have Baylor as one of my favorites is Baylor's ability to suffocate opponents at the end of game is just astonishing. Um, I mean, a game can feel like it, it's tight in the last two minutes, and then Baylor goes in, goes on and covers. Like, it's nuts their ability to just absolutely just demolish opponent mentally and physically. That's kind of like the same case with, like, Arkansas. They Arkansas does it kind of throughout the game because they just work hard for 40 minutes. But, like, they can go on runs and just put teams away. And, obviously, that's huge. Like, to put a team away in March is huge. Um, mm-hmm. when, you, when you let teams hang around, lesser teams hang around, you give them hope, that's when you get beat in the round of 32 or the, the first round when you're a good basketball yeah. team. Yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Jared Butler and, and Baylor. I think they got a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at Tennessee, I, I just think – if we're going X factor, like the the reason Tennessee is out in the second round, or they the reason that they made it to the Final Four, I think it comes down to John Fulgerson. Yeah, um, if he's able to play like he did the other night, I, I think he, I think Tennessee will be just fine to make it to the Sweet Sixteen, and, and then you kind of see what happens from there. Um, but if not, you know, it, it could be yeah, it could be a first round exit. Um, you know, if he's if he's taken four shots and has four points and two rebounds. You know, if you're not getting really anything from him, uh, I think this team is kind of like dead in the water at that point. Yeah, and I think, you know, John Fulgerson is is what, you know, is going to truly, like you said, the X factor. It's going to truly separate, like, what the – because if a freshman go out and have 40 points – you're talking about Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson having, you know, all world games again, but you get no production from John Fulkerson. There's a chance that in the NCAA tournament, you still lose that game. Yeah. So it's going to, I mean, is it going to take 40 points from the freshman, both games? I hope, or every game you play in March, I hope not. But you know, when they do it and and you don't have a good game from John Fulkerson, there's a good chance you lose it. Whereas if you have Mm -hmm. a good game from Fulkerson and they score 40, I'm very, very confident Tennessee wins that game. Nine times out of 10. Yep, and, and I think having a guy like Victor Bailey Jr. off the bench is is really good. You know, it's a good problem to have that we have these guards that, that are capable capable of scoring. You know, fifteen a game, mm-hmm. not in and not out. Have we seen it this year? No, not really. Um, but if he's able to really knock down some shots, not just threes. Um, you know, when he's 
three for 12 and he's three for 12 from the three point line. Also, you know, I don't, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see him get to the rim. I think he's too athletic to, to not be able to get to the rim and uh, you know, make, make some outside shots as well. I think he's another guy. Maybe he's not as important as John Fulgerson because, you know, you need that post presence, but I, I think he's extremely important, um, especially at the end of games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he can just rely on his athleticism and make a tough shot that can, you know, keep Tennessee in the game or, or put it away. Yeah, I th- I th- and I, you know, you talk about being able to put games away. Um, if Victor Bailey Jr. can just shoot okay. I mean, and you've got so many good shooters on this team. You've got Vescovi, Victor Bailey Jr., and I mean, even even Keon Johnson's kind of coming into his own too there. Um, and I mean, Jaden Springer as well. Yeah, they're not as pure as, you know, the other two guys, but um, – they're they're shooting the ball better, um, and I think another key key thing too is is and this is for the entire team. But I mean, you mentioned Victor Bailey Jr. getting to the hole and being stronger. Um, this is big for John Fulgerson, and then you know equally as big for the guard, just for the whole Tennessee team. Get to the free throw line. Um, there's not you know it's not like it has not been on a consistent basis that Tennessee has gotten to the free throw line throughout this season. Um, mm-hmm. Go get the easy points. And, and I'm not talking about the layups. I'm talking about the ones where they hack you and you get to go shoot two free throws. Go get the easy points. But if you're not aggressive, you're not going to magically get call, fouls called for you. Go be aggressive. Make the refs blow the whistle. They're, shit, they're going to blow it anyways. They want Apparently they get paid by the hour in the NCAA. These games are long as hell. Make them <laughs> blow the whistle. Yeah, I, I think having John Forson, you know, make that part of his game is what makes him – it, it it's what made him a first team All SEC player last year, right? Um, being able to get to the free throw line, being a pest. I mean, people were like when he got the ball, they're like, "Oh God!" Um, and and then they kind of break down on defense, and you know he he's able to get an and one. Like he got two the other night against Florida, or he's able to get to the free throw line, and he's a really good free throw shooter for being a post player. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, I think he has to to really utilize that because he's not. He's not big. Right. You know, yeah. He's not going to be able to just dominate somebody in the paint, but, you know, his decisive moves, um, getting to the rim, being aggressive is where he's going to shine. Um, and that's – hopefully that's what Rick Barnes and, and that Kim English and Schwartz are just all over him about. Hey, be that player. Right. And he's – like, Tennessee has some guys that have been – in March before they've played in, in the sweet 16. So, you know, hopefully you're not able to really see a huge kind of bust out of this team. And, and, Cause you can't really say, you know, that team hasn't been here before. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and uh, another thing about John Fulkerson too, is even if he's not, if he's playing just well enough to make teams really account for him, you're going to open up the lane a lot for your, your other guys too, which is something that's not been there for Tennessee throughout the season. Yep. So. We'll see. We'll we see. find out Friday. Friday. Find out Friday yep. if, if this uh, – I keep thinking today's Thursday, but it's only Wednesday. Yeah, we'll so. find out on Friday if this uh, if this team's just been waiting around for March, um, you know, kind of wanting to pick up where they left off last season or, or if, uh, you know, if, if it was never meant to be. We'll find out. Absolutely. Um, let's get to Tennessee baseball. So, kind of had a, a big letdown against Charlotte um, the other day. Just a bad year. I, I, 
I don't think Charlotte's a bad team. I really don't. Um, but I don't think they should have beat Tennessee by nine runs. Right. Tennessee just really couldn't get it done. You know, that they. I think it was only three to nothing going into the seventh inning. They scored four in the seventh, and I think two more in the eighth. Tennessee only had five hits on the day. You're not going to win many games. You're only getting five hits in a game. Um, and two of those for, were from Liam Spence, who continues uh, to just be a really good player um, for Tennessee. And then uh, Luke Lipsius had one. Pete Durke had another. And uh, Drew Gilbert had one. So, you know, not great. Uh, against Charlotte, who's, you know, they're not going to have dominant pitching. And it's not like Tennessee just struck out a whole bunch. You only had five strikeouts on the day. Three were from Jake Rucker, who really had a great series against um, Georgia State. Um, just just really couldn't get anything going. Just left a ton of guys on base. Yeah. And, and then Charlotte came ready to play. They came out firing. They They – hit the ball well they had 15 hits everybody in their lineup had a hit and uh you know they they just came out ready to go tennessee had some you know they're they're down one to nothing after the first will will heflin gave up a run um sean hunley did as well and and so did kirby connell um but after that they just kind of teed off on tennessee's pitchers uh to kind of end the game and it was kind of out of reach at that point. Tennessee just couldn't get anything going in the batter's box, um, but they're going to need to get – you know, I, I thought we kind of turned the tide against that Georgia State team, mm-hmm. a, a team that I, I really thought would give Tennessee a, a tough time, and, you know, you just kind of shut them down. And uh, Tennessee, I, th- I think they're at their best when they're able to get some power, um, hit, hit some home runs, get guys on base. Um but they just couldn't do that against Charlotte. And they play a really good UNC Greensboro team um, this weekend. They are – I think they've only lost two games. Yeah, they're 10-2 and two on the year. They have a win over number 12 NC State, and they won that game 16-13. to 13. So, this team can score some runs. Um, so, Tennessee's going to have to bring it again. Right. And, and this is your kind of last um, weekend series before you hit SEC play. So, want to get – Things fixed. Want to get the bats going, and uh, we'll see what happens. Brutus is just posted, man. Dude, I thought he's about to dig into my new couch. We we're gonna have we we're gonna have some issues. We we're gonna <laughs> just RKO him right yeah, on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Vick his ass on camera. Um, oh god, that took a turn. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, 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 you mentioned them. You know, Tennessee. We talked about this. I don't even remember what game it was. Now, um, I can't believe I'm already like forgetting games. It's been happening so fast. Um, leaving runners stranded. Uh, that can't be something that, that you make a habit out of doing. Um, when you get guys in a scoring position, you got to find a way to bring them in. And uh, it's just not – especially when you're facing, you know, teams with uh, deeper bullpens, um, it gets more interesting. I, I don't know much about Charlotte. Maybe maybe Charlotte is a, a team that's, um, you know, kind of similar to Georgia State that can play with uh, any of the bigger programs. But um, – yeah, it's definitely been a, a theme of the of Tennessee's short, you know, short season. I believe it's Indiana State that we talked about. Can't leave runners stranded. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not been a long season right now. You know, you're not pointing to anything and going like Tennessee doesn't have an, a true identity yet. They, they haven't played enough games to have an identity yet. Um, but yeah, don't make that part of your identity, or, or it's it could lead to some struggles down the road. Yeah, a lot of two out 
strikeouts too. You, you just can't like you got to give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't have. I think Jake Rucker left four guys on base. Um, so I think he had two, uh, two out strikeouts where you know you have a chance to to score some runs or at least um, give the next batter a, a shot to mm-hmm. to do some damage and you just can't strike out in that situation. Got to put the ball in play. Um, I know where I know where Jake Rucker is trying to put that ball. <laughs> dead center. I, I've, dead. Seen, I've seen him do it a lot, so I know where dead he's trying center. to do it. I know where he's trying to put it. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, no, you got you got to find ways to ex- extend those innings, like you said. Give your guys chances. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so base the base falls. They uh, they welcome UNC Greensboro this weekend um, for a matchup, and that'll start on Friday night uh, to Sunday. Any work maybe moving games up doubleheader? I know there could be some rain this weekend in the forecast. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I haven't really heard anything yet. Um, I do know about this UNC Greensboro team. Actually, Charlotte, going back to Charlotte, Austin Knight was actually on Tennessee's team last year and transferred to Charlotte. Um, I think he was one for four the other night. And uh, this UNC Greensboro team actually beat Charlotte nine to seven earlier in the year. So uh, at least some talent there, you know, enough talent to beat them. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to get things figured out because, you know, they scored 23 runs this past Tuesday against North Carolina AT&T. Um, so definitely a team that can jump on you in a hurry. So got the, the pitchers got to come ready and the, the hitters got to come ready as well to uh, score some runs and hopefully we're able to get – I want I want to get the brooms out again. I really do. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's what I live for. So uh, let's get the brooms out and head into SEC play on a, on a positive note. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean head to SEC play? How are you going to forget about the ETSU Bucks coming to town next, on Tuesday? Buck up. Jackson Buck Greer, up. the the ETSU transfer, he's going to have a huge game against them, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I'm not worried. Don't, yeah, don't be jumping ahead to SEC play and just forgetting about ETSU like that. That's sick, man. Sick. Sorry, I, I, I bucked up. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have any more questions? I know we've tried to answer them throughout the show. Did we miss any? Need to get to any? What we got there? Um, I have uh, Michael Shadowins said first spring practice. Will they be in full pads? I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you kind of work yourself into that. Full pads is a lot the first day. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> um, that's that's all I got. Good deal. Uh, okay. Well, stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity. Like I've got a few. Uh, my first one was the. Uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier. If you're with us, if not, welcome in. Um, the NCAA is suing a on where to go is suing a urology center because uh, they registered the trademark vasectomy mayhem, and hmm. it, the NCAA is suing them because they say it's confusingly similar to March mayhem, which they have trademarked. If these games keep happening the way they are, I mean, I'm sure my I would rather have my balls cut off. I think you're getting a vasectomy confused with um, neutering. <laughs> the the snip. Yeah, yeah, they're not snipping them completely, but yeah, you get it. I I guess working properly though. I just I'm just trying to figure out like did I don't get it like how what I'm so confused. There's no way I understand trademark the law entirely 
Because no one should confuse the word vasectomy mayhem. Like, the word vasectomy. Right then and there, you should go, this isn't about basketball. (laughs) That's it. Mayhem and and madness, I feel like that's not like... It's March Mayhem. Apparently, they have the trademark. Probably because Mayhem and Madness are similar, so they probably trademarked it all. Um, March Mayhem, they also have trademarked. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, th- those are two like common uh, adjectives. Mayhem and madness. Yeah, no, that's why they trademarked it. They knew it. They knew that people would like that. So, but it, but it's common. Like it's not like uh, super Like it's not like a crazy word that no oh, one's ever gonna say. You can trademark anything. Anything. Apparently, you can trademark vasectomy mayhem. I'm gonna trademark the word me. How about well, that? I mean, you. You might be able to. I mean, I'm sure LeBron James probably has the word king trademarked or some crazy thing like that. Uh, but yeah, I know the, I just don't see, I, confusingly similar, I beg to differ. What's one word that you would um, trademark? Well, I, I don't have a, I don't have a case for anything. That's the issue. Because you got to be, I think you have to, you have to prove that like you, you like, are this word. You know, to, to be able to like you know keep other people from selling the shirts, like I think you have to have a claim to it, or like you know keep them from selling the or profiting off the name and of it. I think you've got to have claim. I'm not cool enough to have a claim to anything. Um, short, maybe fat, bald, ugly. I, I have a claim to all of those. Um, they'd be tough to trademark. <laughs> Um, cause thankfully gray. I fit in with, yeah, see gray. Uh, thankfully I fit in with the majority of, of Americans. Um, so it's, a, you know, cause five, five nines a perfectly average height. So if you're five, nine, I'm at least five, nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> five, nine and a quarter, five, nine and eight. I think it was like five, nine and eight. I don't even think it was a lot. Yeah. Um, I was actually texting him earlier. Hey, I'm going to have to make you make a video for him. So that sounded wrong. Make you make a, We'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But you'll understand why I shouldn't have said make a video. Digging a hole. You, you'll um, get it. My, my first one is Russell Jakubowski. Um, just a terrible, terrible tweet. He said, no Super Bowls. They have a good but not great team currently. Not, histor- not historically rooted in the grand scheme of football. Passive Midwest location. Miss me with it. He's talking about... The Titans. I was very confused. Sorry about the Titans. Sorry, I should have said that first. No, I mean, I think it just shows, like, what? <laughs> Passive Midwest location. I don't know what – I know what Midwest is. I don't They're know. They're not even Midwest what, in Tennessee. <laughs> like, I don't know where – I don't know what – What is your definition Midwest. of Midwest? Yeah, I don't know what Passive Midwest means. I think most people are confused that the Memphis Grizzlies – are in the Western conference. So yeah, they, I don't know. I, I don't know what passive Midwest means. It is kind of flat there. I don't know if that's what they're talking about. And then he like, quote, he uh, replied back to it. So he didn't delete it. He just replied back and said, okay, my geography might be a little out of touch. Yeah. That's a good point. He's right about that. Good recovery. <laughs> Yeah, good like, recovery. No Super Bowls. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Jeff Fisher played in a Super Bowl. He did. Get out of here with that. Miss me miss me with that. 
not historically rooted there in the National Football League. What do you mean? Hey, the AFC South is a prominent conference, my friend. <laughs> hey, I've got one for the NCAA. Speaking of, oh, uh, uh, he, he said, "What in what NFL market is the least appealing?" He said, "I gotta think it's Tennessee." Hmm. That's what he said. I'm gonna and go then with, he went on to say they're in the Midwest. I'm gonna go with Detroit off the top of my head. Yeah, hate to be there. Um. Like, if the Titans drafted you, you'd be like, okay, cool. I've also got to ask, like, is there really nowadays such thing as, like, a great NFL market? Like, does Sam Darnold get more publicity than... Mm, let me think of someone... Then... Oh, that's a good one. Um, does Sam Darnold really get more publicity than... Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars guy from Washington State. What's his name? Uh, Gardner Minshew. When Gardner Minshew was a starter at at uh, at Jacksonville, did did Sam Darnold really get more exposure? I don't think so. I don't. I wouldn't think so either. So like now, I mean, I understand why New York used to be so appealing. I get why LA used to be so. I get why it's still appealing now because of the weather <laughs> and other benefits of living in a state, but also income tax. That's a big one. But yeah, yeah. I, like the Detroit, Detroit still has to suck. Or Seattle. the Texans right now. Who the yeah, hell would I'm, want to get drafted by the Texans? Well, I'm just talking about like market. So like, I've got to think like, where would I not want to live for at least eight months out of the year? Detroit? Mm-hmm. Hell no. Yeah, Seattle? Jack- Jacksonville? Hell no. I'd live in Jack, but you're in Florida at least. Like I, I could live yeah. in Jack. I could, I could play golf when I'm off days. Um, but yeah, like Green okay. Bay, Green Bay for eight months out of the year would suck to live in. Yes, <laughs> like that's there's some way less appealing than Nashville. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't get that. Um, I'm sure there's some others that we're leaving off. Um, again, for eight months out of the year, I would not want to live in New England. No. I. Oh no! So, yeah, that's uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, which again, like in terms of like market, sure they might be better, but I, again, like, is there really? I don't know. I think the I think the way the social media era has gone, I, I think it's taken away. Oh, and I still think it exists to an extent. Like I, I do. I think there's still something to it, but it's nowhere near as much as it was thirty years ago. No, nowhere near as much. Um, I got a good cease and desist for, uh, for the NCAA, uh, today during the voting for the, uh, um, stimulus payment, uh, Democrat, uh, Democratic house leader, James Claiborne from South Carolina said, I call upon my Republican colleagues to stop their March madness. Cease and desist, sir. Cease and desist. Mm-hmm. March Madness is reserved for one thing. Vasectomies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just thought that was funny that that uh I mean he had to be like you're gonna love this one, like to his best bud sitting next to <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> Stop this March Madness now. And everyone's like, What? <laughs> it's just like that one teacher that's uh uh it's like oh do you know who the greatest poet of all time was? Tupac. That's what that was. 
That's exactly what that was. My draw. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. Yeah, my draw. Um, so I have one, and uh, his name is Eric. Do I he know was Eric? A quarterback at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> oh God. So he said. Uh, so David Ubin, um said what Garner, what Rodney Garner said in the press conference about the three things that don't lie is the Bible, mirror, and um, film. Eric Ainge said also kids, drunk people, and yoga pants. I would like to, I would like to say I agree with the first two. The last kids one though, always lie. No, 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 no. Like young kids, like two year olds, like he didn't, kids. he didn't specify. He just said kids. But like you know, the kids that are like brutally honest, like the ones that are like, dude, you're ugly. And you're like, damn. They're also the ones like, did you eat the last cookie? And it's all over the face. Like, oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, <laughs> but I would like to say the last one is like one of the biggest liars in all of life. Like oh, yeah. yoga pants will lie to a man. Yeah, has face. he not been on TikTok? Yes, I was about to say it's a new pants? trend. Yes, it's a new trend that apparently these yoga pants are spectacular. I've never seen them in person, and I'm going to be 100% honest. I feel like the girls on TikTok are like already have um, yeah. the thing they're trying to enhance and are like, yeah. But anyways, apparently they make your ass look better. I don't know if it's true or not, but I do know yoga pants have been lying for centuries now. Those yoga pants would make me have some cake, so. <laughs> so, have you worn them? I've put on yoga pants before, not those. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'd look at it again. Yo- yoga pants are like, yoga pants, yeah, they lie. They're liars. They're They're not, they're not really truly showing you what's there. So, yeah, yeah, drunk people just... are like, how much have you had tonight? He's like, God bless. Two. <laughs> Did you see the uh, John, or Johnny Damon arrest? Oh, no, I, I, haven't I haven't finished the full video yet. Apparently, he uh, tells the officer that Blue Lives Matter in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is an all-time move, especially. I mean, that's, that's not a lie. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I just wish it had gotten him out of it. That would have been just the greatest story of all time. Like, yeah, he said Blue Lives Matter, so I'll let him go home. <laughs> it's Johnny Damon. <laughs> Which probably made the cop more likely to arrest him, if we're just being honest. Well, I mean, Mike Eggler was running down the interstate with his shirt off. So, like, they probably thought he was hammered, too. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, do you have any more? Any more stupidities? That's all I got. I got a, I got one more maybe. I'll save it for, for Sunday in case I can't come up with a fail because it could definitely be considered a fail as well. Mm. Yeah, so we'll save that one. We'll stow it away. Put it back, put it on nice. the back burner. Guys, oh, we always appreciate you. Friday night, Tennessee will take on the winner of Florida and Vanderbilt. SEC tournament officially kicked off today, but no one really cared about that game. So it officially, unofficially kicks off tomorrow with uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State at noon. Big midday basketball guy. It's been a lot of fun to keep up with. Got to get your bets in early, though. Get your bets in early. Yeah, it's it's great for the work-from-home crowd. <laughs> They're able to kind of turn on the game in the background. So, yeah. Um, also, Tennessee will play UNC Greensboro on the diamond in Lindsey Nelson. 
Um, so stay tuned for that. We'll have the updates on that as well. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.